good, the bad, the ugly. Welcome to Sustain Nutrition's podcast, Chewing the Fat, where Joe and James will be discussing all things good, bad and ugly regarding training and nutrition. So pull up your pants, put your best foot forward and get ready for some serious oral pleasure. Without further ado, here are your hosts, Joe and James. Sustain. Nutrition. Chewing. The. Fat. Podcast. Episode. 138. 138! <laughs> Joe, our subject for today's ramble. Oh, let's say the subjects that we're going to start off talking about. <laughs> what can you do? Yeah, big one. Uh, a big shift in focus. I'll speak on behalf of you, Joe. But in our experience, in our vast, humble, yet extremely accurate experience, People focus so much on what they can't do that they completely miss out on all the things that they can do. And that can cripple results. Yes, I'm going to try and not be too critical of the average population at large. I'll do my best anyway. I can't make any promises. Good luck. Is people have a tendency to be very... Uh, very verbal about their excuses and the things that stop them and their and their obstacles to success. And they're very quiet or reluctant to then look for the solutions to those problems. And I think because it's comfortable, it's easy to give the reasons why you can't do anything. All it takes is the air to, to breathe on to say why you can't go to the gym. And actually, when you start looking for solutions to problems you're then taking responsibility for that it stops being other people's fault and it starts being your fault and i think that's an uncomfortable place for a lot of people to be where they're in control because then the excuses have to stop you know i think we both said this before with sustain that when sustain isn't doing as well as we want you know we'd love to have a thousand clients and you know seven figure turnover and everything else we're not at that point and whose fault is that well i'd say it's james's because it's easy for me to do that no of course not it's my fault is it falls upon my shoulders. And that's the same when it comes to my physical shape, you know, the other things I'm working on, like being more educated. The only person who's stopping that is me. And that's a very difficult attitude for people to have, but that's what we want to be pushing all the time. We want people to take as much responsibility because when you do that, you can then make changes and get to this place where you're healthier, happier, fitter, whatever it is that you want to be. And it can't change, which is very unlikely to in our experience if you don't start to, to take that responsibility and look at what you can do. And it is a huge mindset shift because it's taking ownership of, you know, as you did in that example there, like, okay, well, we could blame the economy and marketing and this and that and blah, blah, blah. Mentors, clients. Me being hairy, you being ginger. (laughs) My lazy eye. (laughs) You're bent yet, now straight nose. You can blame all those things, but ultimately you've got to take ownership because when you take ownership, then you can take control of that situation. And it is that whole, and this sounds dramatic, but it's that victim mentality, isn't it? If I'm a victim, then things are happening to me that I can't control. There's nothing I can do about it. If I can start to fight back from that, obviously I'll put it into like fighting analogy for me. If I can fight back, then I can take control of that situation. 
And yeah, again, I, and I totally understand it. This idea of, you know, well, if I can't do this and I can't do that, then, you know, I can't go to the gym. Therefore, I can't be successful at fat loss. I can't lose weight because I can't do this one thing. But that's when, you know, the benefits of having a coach <clears throat> come into play because we can ask those questions. Well, what can you do? What can you commit to? And I think it really comes to play when people are really, really busy because people are always looking for this perfect time in life in the social calendar when they can go to the gym four days a week and they can do this and prep all the meals on a Sunday. Like it's not going to happen. And it doesn't have to happen. So this kind of comes off the back when we discuss what we're going to talk about of a, a call out of a lady who's like super, super busy, so many demands on her time, but she still wants this result. And she's gone in with this idea that I just wrote, did I write an email about it? Yeah, I wrote an email about it the other day. This idea that you have to spin 14 plates at one time. You don't. Let's just concentrate on spinning one plate and then maybe we'll do two plates and three plates. So it's looking at what can you do right now for this lady I'm speaking to. I was like, well, what can you do that doesn't take a lot of time? I'll tell you what you can do. You could log your food. That's a great start. Something as simple as that will make her more mindful of her choices. It'll give her a black and white record of what she's eating. She can do a little assessment. Well, that day I was starving. That day I felt great. This meal was really, really filling. That's not taking really any extra time, a couple of extra minutes per day. What else could she do? Well, maybe she could sit down and just plan her meals, have a rough idea. And then she's going to go do food shopping at some point or she's going to do an online shop so she can shop according to that. You know, what else can she do? Well, can she look at shortcuts? It's just instead of that whole thing of let's look at the negative, and I suppose I'll let you talk again in a second, Joe, don't worry. We fall into this trap a lot. And I'm sure some of the ladies listening will understand this one. You could have, you could go to a party or on a night out or whatever, and 12 people could say how good you looked, say how much they loved your dress and your outfit and your hair and your makeup. And one person might give you a bit of a snidey look. And that's the one thing that you concentrate on. And it's a similar situation. It's like, there's one or two things that I can't do right now. So I'm going to miss out on these 20 things that I can do that are going to have positive impact. And that's when you've got to shift your frame, you've got to shift your focus. I feel like we see that quite a lot with um, food and drink choices. And people, human beings love comfort. We love that safe space where we are. And taking ownership and responsibility puts you out of that because suddenly you're uncomfortable. You, you are to blame. Whereas if you're blaming other people, then that's a lot more comfortable place to be because there's nothing you could do. You've tried your best. Of course, it's not just very black and white to look at things that way. People look at it as I either tried my best or I failed. And actually, there's a huge you know, amount of grey in the middle there because most, you know, every Olympic athlete will be able to look back and go, do you know what? I could have done a little bit more in that one or two sessions there. There's always more you can do. And we see this a lot when someone goes out and they have six drinks, you know, six glasses of wine and they have a takeaway and then they have a couple of chocolates when they get home. And they go, do you know what? There's nothing I do differently there. I don't regret any of it. It's not about regretting it because you could so easily turn that six glasses of wine to five glasses of wine or five or six G&Ts. And that would suddenly be, you know, as a percentage of that evening's calories, it'd be more than 10%. And you that's a, a really big step forwards. But people can be so hesitant because they want to justify their decisions or they don't want to look like they could have done better. 
that then they miss and they, they there's almost this expectation that maybe you know they they think that we want to say we want them to say yeah i should have had nothing i should have had a tonic water and just gone home it's not what we're looking for at all we're just looking to do better than before we're looking for you to take steps forwards it's not black and white it's not pass or fail you know, food is the hardest part of any journey we're not expecting people just to have chicken rice and veg forever because it's not going to work i've never seen anyone do it outside of you know one friend who's a professional bodybuilder mm. but that's you know one literally one in a million so why are you aiming for something that's unfeasible just accept that there's going to be a discomfort there's also some freedom in that and if you say do you know what i'm going to have a couple of glasses of wine maybe i could do better next time but i'm just going to learn from that process people are so keen to drop a stone right now but actually you know half a pound every fortnight is going to be the best part of a stone in a year the issue is consistency the issue is most of the time your mindset and how you're looking at this because you're looking at it as not good enough and actually there's so much gray in there you just have to make small bring it back to the top of the podcast you just have to make the changes that you can and that they can be very very small but if you keep making them keep making adjustments then you get we want to be in the end yeah, and I totally agree with that. We're not looking for people to be guilty. We're looking at people to take ownership over those choices, and that's a huge difference to go like, yes, I did go to the seaside, and I did have fish and chips, and I'm all right with that. It's like you said, it's that person who has six glasses of wine. I wouldn't change anything. Then is upset by their lack of results or that it's impeded their results. It's like, no, you have to take ownership on these things. And like you said, when you do take ownership over it, it gives you a ton of freedom. Because it gives you the freedom to change that instead of it, like I said, you know, just things happening to you. And yeah, they, again, I think a lot of it falls into that all or nothing mindset. Like if I can't do this perfect approach to fat loss, then I'll do nothing. Whereas, you know, as I described to that lady, like if you can log your food and you can plan it and maybe you can do a bit of prep, you can nudge along towards your goals at 20%, 25%, 30% or whatever. It doesn't have to be 100%. Because if not, you're going to have three months of making no progress, maybe regressing, or you can have three months of moving towards your goal at 30%. Which one makes more sense? And this is something that people fall into, again, from conversations that we have, isn't it? Like, well, no, I'm, you know, I'm moving house, and then I've got a holiday, and then it's the kids' birthdays, and then it's Christmas. So I'll, I'll wait until all that's over. Like, Why? What could you do right now? I'll tell you what you could do. You're still going to be eating three meals a day. You're still probably going to be having some snacks. There's still work that can be done. Now, it doesn't have to be this all or nothing, million percent, everything's organic, perfect, chopped and cut by you. It doesn't have to be, but there's going to be some wiggle room that we can take control over that we can help you make progress. Pro- progress? Progress, no matter how small that is. There's something in here as well about learning from the success of others. And I, uh, I always find it interesting when people say, I can't go to the gym because I broke my foot. And then my immediate thought to that as someone who has a more open mindset, what I would say, my girlfriend had an operation on her foot and she went to the gym and she hobbled around on crutches. Now, that often then gets people's backs up because I say, well, it's different for me because, well, that's just not realistic is that yeah i love this is it is that your truth or is that the truth 
because often this is just a story that you're telling yourself that it's not possible. You haven't tried. And actually, I've just given you an example there of someone who I've literally seen. And there's another guy in the gym at the moment who's doing exactly the same thing, hobbling around on his crutches, doing his rehab and doing his upper body work. He is finding a solution to that problem. And it really gets people's back up. And I think with this stuff, if it's getting your back up, then why? You know, what is it that's, that's aggravating you there? Because I'm not saying to you, you're being lazy. I'm just giving you a possible solution. And there might be a genuine obstacle to it. Maybe your gym's upstairs, you know, whatever it may be. Again, you can still take crutches upstairs. But, and, I, and that's the, this is the bit that has to change is you need to get better at taking feedback on board and looking for solutions because they are there. And don't get me wrong, of course there are times when they can't be done. But most of the time there is something you can do. Like James said, that lady, where do you start? You log your food. And how often, I'm sure you, you know, you'll back me up on this, when you, if someone says, I worked with you before, it went really well, I'm really struggling now. Okay, are you logging your food at the moment? No, no, I stopped doing that. What about writing a plan, scheduling your weekend food? No, I haven't done that. Writing any positives, affirmations? No, not done that. Okay, so there's lots of little things that you could do right now that will take you two minutes. And then as you get further through that process, there are screws that you can tighten, there are cogs that you can turn. And actually, if you're not getting the results that you want and you're doing those things, you're logging your food, you're planning the weekends, you're being mindful, then you have to do more. You have to turn those screws. You can either stand there with your hands on your hips and say, this isn't fair, or you can do something about it. And people can then give you, you know, advice and ideas like we do, you know, that example there of the broken foot and going to the gym anyway. It's then up to you to decide. The choice is still yours. And you just have to drop your ego, swallow your pride. Ask yourself why it, why it frustrates you, why you're angry. Because often the reality is you're angry at yourself because you're not doing the work that you want to do. And it's, it's hard to hear that. You know, it, not, me and you didn't start sustaining and get straight to that point of like, this is, this is all on us. It takes time. It's not, people aren't really born that way. People will... I remember seeing a really interesting, do you remember that TV show that was like the minds of four-year-olds or whatever it was, and they videotaped them in school? Secret lives. Yeah, something like that. And they, they gave them this massive thing of water that was full to the brim. And then they said to them, right, carry that from A to B. And they all went over and water was going everywhere. And they said, say there was 10 of them, they said to, said to 10 of them, why couldn't you do that? And nine of them said, oh, it's because there was too much water or the, you know, the, the thing wasn't stable enough or the, the floor was bumpy or because it was windy and there's one little lad who just said i'm not good enough and it was it was really sad because you could see that obviously he was either born that way or something had happened that that put him to that place of him taking excessive responsibility for it whereas the other ones didn't take any responsibility for it and it's straddling that line it's finding that balance where you're being realistic and you're not beating yourself up but you're also looking for solutions to problems and in our experience most people aren't very good at finding solutions to problems or they'll beat themselves up about certain things and then they'll justify others so they're almost doing both of the destructive behaviors they aren't taking responsibility when they could and they're taking too much responsibility when they shouldn't so it is a real fine line you've got to be able to put yourself into a calm place where you can look at this and and reflect on it without being swept up by your you know your own ego or your own past experiences or the other things that impact it it does come a bit from uh, well just come a lot from that emotional intelligence piece doesn't it of like you said when you get triggered 
try and take a step back. You'll have that, and I still do it. You have that initial reaction, that knee-jerk reaction of this is an emotion. And then it's like, that's interesting. Why am I feeling like that? And it's usually because there's a kernel of truth in it. You know, if someone's like, oh, I, uh, I've got a bad shoulder, therefore I can't work out. And then if you turn around and went, that's bullshit, isn't it? What about your legs? What about the other side of your body? What about you go in and you do a ton of cardio, blah, blah, blah. And I'd be like, oh, well, uh, well actually, yeah, I'm getting triggered because that's actually true. You know, as a real simple, easy example. And I think that, that what, what you've what you've done, I appreciate you've shortened the circumstance for podcasts, but we'd never say that. It would always no, be, is there anything that, else you can do? That's me and you talking. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And, the, and I think that when you phrase it gently and people still get triggered, and that's where being, you know, a good a good coach comes into place is can you deliver that message in a way or can you get the person to that point without you having to say anything without you making solutions without you giving suggestions because i think often when people say they want guidance if you say to them like you just did it doesn't work very well whereas getting people to that place where they can do that themselves is then a skill isn't it because otherwise they're reliant on the coach they're reliant on that external validation i heard something interesting the other day saying about helping other people's self-worth you can't build up someone else's self-worth if every day if i knew you struggled with your confidence i was like james you look amazing today like your teeth look fantastic and your eyes are so sparkly and your beard's so well trimmed is that that is then dependent on me so so that's not genuine self-worth and i'm james it's almost making it worse because then james is basing his self-worth on my comments so you need to be able to develop this stuff on your own and i think I'm very hesitant when people say, well, what would you do here to give my answer? Because I'm different to you and I'm different to all of my clients. I'm different to James. That This is a skill you have to learn. You have to, have to get there on your own. And I, you know, I'm not, we aren't doing it to be difficult because I can just say to you, work your upper body if your foot's broken. But what good is that? It just doesn't work. You have to get there on your own. Otherwise, it's just not going to last. We can't call ourselves sustain. And do anything else. It's so important that we, we upskill people to this place where they're able to take responsibility, where they're able to see these things. Because then next time, you know, it rains or whatever, you know, the other excuses that people give, it's dark early, then you're able to find a solution because you've practiced that skill. Yes. I concur. <laughs> no, and that's part of the, the mindset shift you know, that we coach and sustain, isn't it? Like you said, it's not the saviour thing, it's the coach. You have to come up with your solutions to your problems because they're going to be very specific to you. Same thing for me or you. You know, if you sliced your hand open or broke your arm, you'd still go to the gym. You train legs, you train the other side of your body. You would... definitely just train my other arm, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what I mean? Are you to come up with, you know, say something happened to your grip, you come up with something that meant that you could still grip that you could still row again you you come up with those but that's gonna be very different to you know someone else who might be like i can't do that or that's not accessible to me and that's when it's like what can you do it's not what else is possible what can you do what are you prepared to do and that's when it comes down to the individual kind of coaching and solutions it's everyone's different everyone's got their own abilities their own strengths their own weaknesses their own blind spots so it's looking at what can you do what's the you know, the minimum viable thing that you can do that's going to help either keep you where you're at right now or progress slowly. I was trying to think of an analogy. I switched off because you were really boring. Um, no, the idea of like, okay, you've got to read 
uh, a book a month and you're just like, well, I've got three kids and full-time job. There's no way that I could set aside, you know, whatever, 30 minutes a day to read. Can't do that. Okay, well, what can you do? Could you read a page every single day? Yes. Tell you what, you're still going to finish that book. It's not going to be as quick as you want it to be, but you're still going to finish that book because every single day you read a page, you're going to nudge along. So it's just, and maybe it's half a page. Maybe you can read a paragraph. Maybe you're so busy that you can only read a line. Cool, then just read a line a day. You're still going to get there. You're still making that progress, but it's the idea of people go like, well, I can't read a book in 30 days, so I'm not going to read it all. Like, it, it blows my mind, but it also doesn't because similar to you, you know, we both got very open mindsets. We're very aware of what's possible, of what we can do to make it possible. There's lots of people have that fixed mindset. It's like, there's nothing I can do. I can't do that. I'm too busy right now. It's too much going on. I've got that holiday. I've got the kid's birthday. I've got Christmas. There's no way I can make any kind of progress. We can. I'm not saying you make the progress that you want because everyone still is a stone in a day. Because no one ever does. Yeah. You, never, you, never, you never break past the, the upper reaches of, of where you want to get to. And that's part of the fun of it. I, people put so much pressure and so much of their worth on achieving an arbitrary number that they've pulled out of the air. I was going to say ass. I was thinking it, but I said air instead. Why bother? What a negative, what a, what a, an, what a sad way to, to, to live your life and to measure achievements by. And I, I get that, you know, that's, and I'm not suggesting that I don't do that. You know, I have loads of achievements that I think are right on the edge of what is physically possible. But then if, and even if I achieve them, I'd set new ones, but that's a source of pleasure for me. And that's a source of pain for the people because I know that I'm doing the best that I can at this moment in time with the skills that I have. It's being compassionate. That's the that's one of the keys here is when you aren't doing as well as you could to be compassionate about it because all you can do is learn from it. Beating yourself up over it is not going to help. It might get you to, again, it might get you to a goal short term, but is that journey going to be very pleasurable? I don't think so. What's the point then? Because you might end up beating yourself up and get nowhere. And you've got two negatives. You, you you failed to get your goal and you've had a crap time doing it. So, yeah, being compassionate itself is another part of this with when it comes to what can you do? Well, I can do this. I, I could get to the gym with my broken foot, but I didn't manage to go the other day. Okay, no worries. Don't worry about it. Now, the number of times that I say that to people is, is phenomenal because you read what they put and say, just think you're being too critical here. You know, I'm, I'm quite keen to, to push you in the right direction if I think more is possible. But in the same breath, I don't want people to be critical to themselves when they're doing quite well too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just challenging mindset, isn't it? And that's the only way you're going to change it or you're going to be stuck with it. And I do hark back to that. Same situation, two different viewpoints for me. So I know one of your clients was going to do, um, this was a while ago, 90 days, alcohol-free. And I think she got to like day 67 and had a drink. So then stopped, quit. Whereas in my mind, I'd be like, okay, I messed up that day. Let me see how many days I can do within 90 days. Or maybe I'll do 89 days or 88 days or 87 or 86 and I'll just see how much I could do. That's my mentality going into it. Okay, like that wasn't ideal. I broke my streak. Let me see how many days I can go alcohol-free within 90 days. And then maybe if I try it again, I can try and top that. Whereas someone else's idea is like, I'm going to do 90 days alcohol free and they have one day off quit what's the point i didn't do what I, I wanted to do like it's just the same situation just that slight shift makes a massive difference in your progress and your consistency 
I thought you were going to say the the shark story of you know somebody's swimming and they're attacked by a shark and a, a boat comes and saves them and they they get on and go thank God I'm alive rather yeah. than oh my God I've lost my leg and I think we can give examples like this until the cows come home but the skill the knack is to become aware of your thoughts and to then to challenge them and ask is this true is this legitimate I'm looking in something at the moment that looks at um, I'll talk about it when I've done some more reading on it, but for, for now, this idea that we have different kind of parts within us, different thought processes. So sometimes I will think things that are, um, say, more from that insecure part of me or parts of me that are greedy and more self-entitled. And then there's a person that I want to be. And it's making sure you reflect on those thoughts on the person that you want to be. So if I think, who's Chrissy messaging? is that that's, I can then recognize that and go, okay, that's just me having a moment of insecurity and that's fine. But actually, I trust her, I love her. There's nothing to be concerned about. This is just that insecure part of me thinking. And that's the skill to practice is to keep coming back to that person that you want to be. So the greedy part, yesterday we were in Lidl, I was tired. I was like, I want to get some Stollen, some mince pies, or a couple of chocolate Santas and some chocolate coins. But it's that thing of, okay, that's fine. You're allowed to want those things. But actually, it's just because you're tired. What you just need to do is you need to go home and go to bed. And then obviously woke up today having not eaten that stuff and went, that was the right decision. And just the more you practice this, people's thoughts are just this endless rolling of desires and all their insecurities and their... Um, and sometimes, you know, you have a good sleep and you're in a good mood and, and that rational part of your brain is there. This is a skill you have to work on. The same with this stuff to tie it back to what we're actually talking about, that can-do attitude of okay well what's the the person that i want to be what would they do they'd get up early and they'd go to the gym and they'd do the best that they could no one's perfect person the person they want to be is the excuse maker nobody wants to be that person so you just have to keep reflecting back to it because you can everyone listening to this is capable of doing it you know if you've gone through 30 minutes of this podcast and more than one other episode then you've obviously got some reasonable willpower about something you just need to apply it in the right places and just for a forever reference, it's the 14th of October. You're eating stolen a mid-spice. And he I was like, oh my God, look at that. Because they had the big stolens. I was like, well, I'm not going to buy a big one. Then they're the mini ones. Like, oh, I could definitely just have a couple of them. What is wrong with you? I haven't had Halloween yet. Anyway, and again, slightly, I suppose, slightly off topic, but still on the subjective mindset is. That's what I tell a lot of people. So I'll still work with clients who've had these huge mindset shifts, have had these huge uh, physical transformations, but then they'll get pissed off with themselves because they will think about repeating like old destructive habits. They're like, I'll be walking past the shop and I smell whatever, the stolen, the mince pies. I was like, oh yeah, just go eat two mince pies. And they'll get really mad at themselves. I'll be like, but what happened afterwards? They'll be like, well, afterwards, I thought, no, you don't want those. Don't have those. Don't be so silly. But they're still frustrated that they're still thinking those those initial thoughts. And while normally says like that first thought is kind of what you're conditioned to. So that's like that emotional knee-jerk reaction. Like, I'm really pissed off. I'm going to open a bottle of wine. So then the second thought is like, no, I don't need that. Don't be silly. You know that's not going to help. Move forward. So listen to that second thought. Because that first was like the one that you, the knee-jerk reaction that you're conditioned to. Listen to your second thought because that's going to be the true one. That's going to be the way that you're really thinking. 
And it comes back to that, like, you know, questioning why you triggered. Get triggered. Joe sent me a shitty message. What a prick. Hang about. Why am I feeling so triggered? Well, it's probably because I've been the prick. You know, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's it's having that that bit of slow. I often talk to clients about it. It's slowing down that decision making process. It's slowing down that reaction. Can you slow that down and question it? Ask yourself better questions. Why am I thinking like that? What can I do? I can't do this, but what could I do that's going to have some kind of positive impact? And again, it doesn't have to be huge, groundbreaking things. Can't make it to the gym. Can I go for a walk? You know, I just did a video, I've not edited yet, saying, you know, make if-then plans. Mm. So I like to go out for a walk about 2 o'clock, um, get a bit of sunshine, clear my head a little bit. It's usually when I have a bit of a, an energy slump. But if it's raining sideways, I'm not going to go out. All right, so if it's raining sideways, then I will do what? I'll do 20 minutes of mobility. I'll jump on the air bike, you know, for, for 10 minutes before my quads blow out. You know, I'll do something different because if not, it falls into that idea of like, well, I was supposed to go for a walk, but it's absolutely pissing down. So um, no. What else can you do? What are you going to do? Is it that, you know, 20 minutes of yoga or for a YouTube video or whatever? You know, is it some bodyweight exercises? Do you have a kettlebell? What else can you do? Make those if-then plans. People are very critical of, going back to what you said before, about that immediate thought process. They want to control every little part of what's going on but anyone who's tried to do any kind of mindfulness or meditation will will know that your mind is a nightmare to control you can't and you just have to recognize and accept that that okay i've drifted off and i'll come back to this place so that you know the stolen example i'm not going to beat myself up for considering some stolen when i was tired walking around little because what's the point? I'm never. I'm. I'm not. A, I'm not a robot. I'm not going to change that. I'm always going to look for food when I'm tired. That's, you know, that's not even just a cultural condition. That's a biological condition that's been there for millennia. And so, you just have to accept that's how it goes. And you're judged, and you're impacted by your actions. So if you're tempted to eat some stolen, but you don't, that's what matters. You know, you you don't gain weight. You don't impact your health. By thinking about Stalin, my God, I've been thinking about Stalin quite a lot this last five minutes, I'll tell you that. <laughs> it's just that demanding perfection, that all or nothing, that black or white, like, oh, I'm still thinking about food. Of course you are. Of course you're thinking about food. You're in little when you're hungry. That's never, ever going to change. You just need to accept that and work on the things that you can have more control over, which is whether you eat it or not. And so, you know, when you, when you, the your example there, focusing on the things people like wanting to jump to that that can-do mindset like this is going to take time and practice and you'll sack off gym sessions and you'll sack off your diet maybe for an hour maybe for a couple of days maybe for a couple of weeks but what matters is that long-term progress if you're not making any then you've got to drive a bit harder and, and be honest with yourself and accept that responsibility i've got a client at the moment she lost 12 pounds in the first four weeks and then she's lost 12 pounds over six weeks and she was really critical of herself i was like just take a step back Everything right now is absolutely fine. If you haven't lost any weight over the six weeks, then we have to look at doing a bit more. But right now, we're all good. So well done. Keep going. Relax. Yeah, chill. Sweet. Good. Summary? Anything else? Ask yourself better questions. Think about what you can do. Stop focusing on what you can do. Best question ever. What can you do in this situation? You know, even I was carry on going. You know, you go to a, <laughs> well, no, you you know, you go to a buffet. You go to an all-you-can-eat Indian buffet. 
what can I not, you know, just go, well, there's no good choices. I'm going to eat a lot of shit. Okay, well, what can you do? Well, you can focus on protein. You can limit the amount of rice that you eat. You can limit the amount of sides that you have. You know, there's still some element of control there that you can still not be a victim. Just go, there was no other options. Last you one. You had a pint of mango lassi. <laughs> and? <laughs> it's for my protein. <laughs> it's got mangoes in. Yeah, last last one is that that again an example that I use time and time again. Say I'm going to my brother's and he's like, "Oh, I'll sort out dinner. Don't worry, I'll do whatever steak and chips and veg. Turkey, cool turkey dinosaurs." Honestly, I don't know how he survives. The, <laughs> I have to eat before I go eat there because they <laughs> eat such a tiny amount of protein. Like, what is this? Is this for the kids? <laughs> anyway, he won't listen to this. It's all right. So say he's, he said, "I'm going to make this meal." I go, "Sweet, perfect." That's kind of in line with what I'm eating. I go there, he goes, you know what, I couldn't bother. I've just got two takeaway pizzas. It's still under my control how much pizza I eat. I don't have to eat the full thing. I could have two or three slices. Cool. Am I going to be a bit hungry? Yes. Is it most nutritious? No. But I've still got, what What can I do in this situation? I can limit the amount of pizza I eat. Boom, solid, done. There we go. So again, instead of just going, there was no other option. I had to eat the whole pizza. What could you do in that situation? And again, you could choose to eat a full pizza. I don't care as long as you take ownership to wrap it all up. <laughs> right. I think that's it. All I want to say is every time Joe said little, replace that word with waitress. And then we've got a truer <laughs> perspective of what he's actually talking about. Good. Very. Perfect. Thanks as always for listening. Don't leave a review. Don't like the podcast. Don't tell anyone about it. That seems to be never, working really well. Never listen to one again. Cheers, <laughs> Yeah.